This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio today by David Moore. There is no Evan Grant. If he is not here, he I've long suspected there is no Evan Grant. <laughs> I understand the concept of Evan Grant. <laughs> I don't even. Understand I don't the understand concept. the appeal. I understand the concept. I don't understand any but. of it myself. No, not not one bit of it. But anyway, no Evan today. Uh, we will later on for our Rangers podcast have our old pal Jerry Fraley on, and we're going to have a Mavericks podcast as well. And Brad Townsend will be on to we explain. Why do they look so bad? <laughs> Why have they lost their last two games by 69 points? 69 points. Holy cow. And maybe that's what happens when you lose four-fifths of the starting lineup and your, and your top guard off the bench. That is what happens, but we'll get into that. As, as we said before, it's one thing to lose. It's one thing not to be competitive. Yeah, and they were And that creates some issues beyond what you want. Yes, it to does. To finish the season. And that's what Rick Carlisle stressed, I think, after the game. So we were going to talk now, though, about the Cowboys. And we're going to talk about a lot of stuff going on here, you you know, as usual with the Cowboys. We were just at the uh, at the Combine. John Mashota was there. And uh, Jerry was holding court in the bus, uh, in the Magic bus. Uh, <laughs> okay, here, here's a question. You could spend one night on a bus. Would it be Jerry Jones or Willie Nelson. <laughs> I think I think if you're staying on, on the Willie Nelson bus, you're going to get stoned just by association, aren't you? <laughs> secondhand so, smoke is yeah, what you're second saying. Yeah, secondhand smoke might be a little rough. Uh, you know, I I don't think that Jerry would let me stay on his bus. Willie might let me stay on his bus, but not Jerry. Uh, well, so. Jerry might let you stay on it, but would not give you the true experience of the Jerry bus. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably right. A sanitized version of the Jerry bus. Yeah, I love the I love the tweet that uh, that John had uh, when he showed a picture of the bus sitting outside the combine and said, uh, "I I hope for the day when 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 all will be able to have a bus here." So so far. <laughs> Only one of 32. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So only Jerry has the bus there. But anyway, uh, so we had that uh, and we had some uh, some interesting comments from Jerry uh, at the combine there when he had all the, the media on. And and of course, the, the news is that they have tagged Demarcus Lawrence uh, again, which all that means is just a procedural deal that will allow them give them until I believe July the 15th. Is that July correct? 15th? Yeah. To sign him to a long term deal. Of course, the complication of that, as you pointed out today, is that he says he's not going to have that shoulder surgery until he's signed. Uh, and if he and if he waits until July fifteenth, if, if they wait until July fifteenth to get him signed, and he doesn't get his shoulder taken care of, then he misses all the training camp, probably. Right. Well, I think that's problematic. Yeah, because it's uh it's a torn left labrum. Um, you're looking at a three to four month recovery. So, 
if you take this to July 15th and don't do it, then you're not going to be ready for the start of the season. Right. Now, then, then that impacts your ability to fulfill your contract to the maximum. And right. so that is going to – so, you know, I, I'm not sure how much I'm going to wait on the shoulder surgery is much of an issue, but, but at the moment – I do think it becomes an issue when you when you want to go back, start September 7th, 8th, whenever the regular season is going to start. Go back from three and a half to four months there and go back. If it's not done by that point, then you're saying, well, look, now you're actually inhibiting your ability to contribute once the season starts. Why should I pay you a con- full contract when you're, you're consciously making a decision to not be ready to play once the regular season begins. So then, you, to, to me, you get on dangerous ground there. Then you're talking about your own professional credibility, uh, how important it is to you. Um, it's, it goes beyond a, a negotiating or leverage uh, at that point and, and goes and speaks to something else about who you are as a professional. So I don't think it's an issue at the moment not getting the, the surgery because uh, my understanding was – even if he would have had it as soon as the season was over, they were still not going to have him really take part in much of any of the OTAs or mini camp. And if you've seen what the Cowboys have done, especially with players when they get in their late 20s coming off of uh, all-season surgery, in training camp they usually only have him go a couple of days and then give him a, a Veterans Day rest. They don't push him in training camp. So he was going to be under that program anyway. He certainly will be now. But but the key here is you want him signed because you don't you want him around the team. You want him rehabilitating with the team. You want him feeling a part of things and having a good attitude. You don't want like you had unfold with Des Bryant uh, back in 2014, the last time they did this with a player, and you sign him on the eve of of the uh, deadline. Well, actually, just a couple hours before the deadline on that afternoon. And uh, he wasn't around the all-season program whatsoever. And um, for, for what the Cowboys say they want this year, for where they feel they are, it makes no sense for this to be protracted and go until July 15th. Yeah, I don't get that. Because uh, here's, here's the thing, what we know about DeMarcus Lawrence. Okay, they wanted to find out. The, the, the early thing was, okay, he had, he had a suspension, A, and then he had a, a bad back, B. Yeah. We want to make sure that, and then C, we want to make sure that you know, he's not a flash in the pan. And he never had back-to-back seasons. Right. Of, of double-digit sacks, or, or really significant. Now, he, he had good seasons, but not not close to double-digit sacks and back-to-back seasons until these last two. Right. Uh, so they wanted to find those things out. Uh, and so, to me, they found that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we've talked about before, uh, DeMarcus isn't just a pass rusher. He's a guy who who's a good run stopper, yep. plays hard all the time, high motor, uh, a leader in the Every locker snap, room. Yeah. Uh, players like him, look up to him. He's a hard worker. Uh, he gives you – you know that that's the issue. You know, you always want to. If, if I'm going to go outside here for a baseball analogy, the difference between Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. If I'm going to give one of those guys three hundred million dollars, I'd rather give it to Bryce Harper, even though he's coming off a kind of a poor, certainly a poor season for him, mm-hmm. because Manny Machado has been quoted as saying, "You know, I don't really go for that Charlie Hustle thing." You know, <laughs> you you don't want to be giving three hundred million dollars to a guy that says, "I you know, I don't really need that hustle thing." You Temperamentally, know. you don't want your best player in that position. No, you, you want your best player to lead. By example, is really more important than vocally, I think, a lot of times, and just how he approaches his job. And, Absolutely. And uh, temperamentally, if you have a player at the top of the food chain who basically is dismissive of hustle and all of the little things that go into doing your job, 
um, that's that's not a culture you want in the locker room. No, and so speaking of that culture, so you got a lot of young guys on this team, uh, although it's getting a little older now that Jason Witten's back. Uh, <laughs> got a lot older now. He's he back. skews the mean quite a bit there. <laughs> uh, so if uh, um, if you've got a lot of younger guys on the team, and and certainly, and I, I kind of got into a little bit of something once with uh, some people on Twitter. When I wrote that he was uh, that Demarcus was the most important guy on the defense, he is the most important, and and yeah. everyone on that defense will tell you that as well. And I'm sure they, I'm sure they will. And and uh, and and because you know if you can't get pressure up front, if you're not gonna, if you're not stopping the run up front, then the linebackers don't matter. You yeah. know, we saw what happened uh, against Indianapolis, and we saw what happened against the Rams when that when they got out when the the line got out on the linebackers. And, and got, those guys all got caught in the wash. Yeah. Then, then all of a sudden, the, they're, they're not stopping the run. And anymore. here's the other: it's uh, you, you look at uh, the the NFL more than any other league. You can look at what you know. It, there's a clear delineation. And after quarterback, pass rushers get paid the second most. That's why you know Demarcus Lawrence wasn't the only pass rusher in the league to get a uh, franchise tag yesterday. Four others got it. Uh, you know, bang, bang, bang. Because it, which shows you there's. Uh, they're starting to get quarterback money, close to quarterback yeah. money. And, and that's what, you know, everyone says, um, well, look, this is easy. Dallas should have gotten this done. Why Why aren't they doing it? Well, look, they want him. They agree to pay him. But you're kind of resetting the top of the scale here. And, and that doesn't come easy. And, uh, you know, look, you're, you're talking about giving a guy a $100 million contract and the guarantee is going to be somewhere in the sixty to eighty-five million range, just for for guaranteed money. So that is something that not a lot of teams have done to this point. You know, Khalil Mack, you did it with Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack. Now suddenly you go, is Demarcus Lawrence as good as either one of those two? Well, no, he's no. not. But salaries are going that way. Um, and so he's certainly in the top five. So, so again, it's just, um, the, the Cowboys will get this done, but to me, the danger is they can't allow this to go to July 15th. They have to get, to me, they have to get this done in the next month to two months. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, uh, they need to wrap this up in, in, by the end of April, uh, right around draft time, because if you go much beyond that, and then you start your off-season program, and Demarcus Lawrence isn't here, um, and he starts to say some things on Twitter, and then other players start to go, "Well, what do I have to do to get my money?" Right. Demarcus Lawrence did everything right. They praised him constantly. They say he's worth it, but now they're not paying him. So, right. so then, then you create an issue. Uh, in the off-season program in the locker room that, that you don't need. And, and, and this also gets back to, okay, what, now they finally have the defense they say they want and they're not going to pay to keep it together? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an issue for me too. Is is that the message you're sending to the rest of the team? So it, it, was Olivier Vernon's the last uh, defensive end contract big? Well, Khalil Mack, you know, Aaron Donald okay, and Khalil right. Mack coming this last year off of 24 hours of each other. And uh, but yeah, Olivier, Olivier Vernon, who's who's has the same agent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a few years ago, you were saying, "Well, this is the baseline." Yeah. Now they've gone. 
he beyond was, that. He was five years, 85, as I recall. Yeah, and had so 17 million. And I believe 50 guaranteed. But now you're looking at 70 to 80 guaranteed. Yeah. So that's a pretty significant jump yeah. in a very short period of time. And Olivier Vernon, who looks like will not be back with the Giants because they overpaid to get him in free agency. And now it's like, well, you know. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. You, you get the first couple of years. So um, Olivier Vernon is the baseline. It's between Olivier Vernon and uh, Khalil Mack. Now, you know, but, but he's going to get something that averages around $20 million. And, and to me, the key is going to be the guarantee. It's not um, people will focus on, well, it'll be five years, it'll be over $100 million. But what you want to focus on is the guarantee. Yeah. And, and how much of that is signing bonus and how much of that is guaranteed in the, in the subsequent years. Yeah. All right, so uh, I do expect they will get this done, uh, and I think. And I will say very quickly, you know, Zach Martin was a no-brainer too. Uh, he actually missed some OTAs until they finally got it done later in uh, in the off season. So um, that was another one where you're saying, "Well, what's the holdup here? He's the best guard in the game. Why don't you pay him?" Well. Okay, but th- now you're suddenly negotiating beyond what the best contract in the league is. So what do you do? So look, we've just seen. Uh, I, I find it interesting because for years the Cowboys were criticized because they just threw money at players and they weren't realistic and they had to right. deal with the dead money. Yeah. And now that they're taking a more fiscally responsible re- approach with, with Stephen Jones, he's much more hardline with it, I think, than Jerry was. Um, you know, now people are going, what are they doing? Yeah. I mean, just give the guy the money. Right. Well, you give the guy the money, but you don't want to give it to a point where – and look, we're not just talking to Marcus Lawrence here. You're redoing, um, you're doing an extension for Dak Prescott, which is going to to go beyond what you're doing. Right. With him. You have Amari he, Cooper, he, who's going to be one of the highest paid wide receivers in the game. You're going to do Ezekiel Elliott, who will be the highest paid running back in the game. You're doing, uh, you're going to do Byron Jones, who. Now, doesn't have the leverage that these other guys do, but if he has another year uh, and is a, considered a shutdown corner again, how much is he going to get? So you have, you know, they're at a key point here because they they feel that they have a a good young nucleus in place that should allow them to compete for the Super Bowl, and but now they're going to have to make those payment determinations, and in doing so, they're going to have to. Do it with the acknowledgement that, well, you know, now when these other players come up, we're not going to be able to sign them if we give X amount over here to these four players, and are we going to be able to live with that? So you you don't want to just give your key players all the money right now and then be forced to deal with the consequences down the road, which we've seen them do before. They're trying to take a more judicious approach to it. Um, but th- this is a this is a key financial time for the Cowboys because the the decisions they're making this off season really determine their financial flexibility going forward, and it has to be that they've identified the right players and these are the core players going forward and these are the guys that deserve the money. So, how many of these guys are going to get redone this this off season? <clears throat> well, I would um, Demarcus Lawrence, Dak Prescott. I believe we'll get a contract this year. I believe Amari Cooper will as well. Um, I don't think you're you're not going to see it with uh, Ezekiel Elliott right now. There are just too many stacked up on the runway ahead of him. Mm-hmm. And again, they will exercise 
the fifth year of his contract as a first-round pick, which right. – see, Dak Prescott doesn't have that because he's a fourth-round pick. So right. his contract, he's going into the final year. Ezekiel Elliott is a first-round pick, is going into the final year of his rookie contract, but all first-round picks, there are club options for a fifth year. Right. And all clubs pick up the fifth-year option. Which, is, players, which yeah. is the bonus of making that first-round exactly. pick. We, and, and Ezekiel Elliott made a lot more money in his rookie contract than yeah. uh, Dak Prescott has. So um, there is no need to do Ezekiel Elliott until next year. Um so I, I think you're going to wait on that. And now, now again, if he makes an issue of it, I, it can become an issue. But I don't get the sense that that's going to happen. I, I think they can, they can legitimately sit there and say, hey, look, we just have – we have to get all these other guys in place first. You know we're going to take care of him. We'll take care of him. We won't let him get into his fifth-year deal. We'll take care of this the first thing next offseason, but we yeah. just can't get to it right now. Yeah, and I would think, though, that's, besides the message to the younger guys, it's a message to those guys, too, what you do with Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, they, they know what the value is uh, there. Yeah. And, I, and I, I will say, of those guys that, uh, that we just talked about, to me, uh, the one that needs to get done the most is, uh, or the one I'd be worried the most would be Amari Cooper. Because mm-hmm. – because I do believe that Dak wants to play here. I think that Dak knows that this is the place he can play. He look look at what he's been able to do in marketing already, yeah. you know, on, on commercials and everything else you see him do. And we have ownership this strong, strongly standing behind you this early in your career. Oh, absolutely. You don't minimize that either. Yeah, and who knows if that works someplace else? Yeah. I think this is a this is a, a, a skill set that works with this offense and with this yes. owner and all that. Uh, the thing I'd be worried about with Amari Cooper is, is that he goes through a year and, they, and the chemistry doesn't progress any between him and Dak. And not that it was bad. It was certainly pretty good. <laughs> Even if it didn't, it'll be, it'll it'd, okay, still be, right? it'd be still, still be good. But maybe he starts wondering, you know what, maybe I go someplace and, I, and I'd be even better. Maybe. Yeah, they, well, look, they, they gave up a first-round pick to right. get him. They can't allow him to get to the point now where they would lose him. You don't give right. up a first-round pick to get a guy for – you know, uh, six it'll be nine, so twenty five games, and then right. let him go. No, no, absolutely, and that, that's that's the reason. Now why that's his leverage point. He knows, like, well, look, yes. they've got to sign me, so why yeah. why am I going to budge much? Right? You know, they, no, absolutely. What are, uh, you know, I haven't even looked yet to see what the top of the market is at wide receiver. Um, because he's going to make what, like a, a little bit, a little over fifteen next year. Is that it, or is it thirteen? Uh, I believe it's a little over thirteen this next year. Okay, uh, but again, they'll extend him. They don't want him to get too deep into that. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you're you're looking at fifteen to to seventeen. Yeah, depending on how it's structured going forward. Uh, so again, all right away now, you're looking at twenty million plus for Demarcus Lawrence. We're talking averages. Mm-hmm. Twenty million plus for Demarcus Lawrence. Talking twenty five to twenty eight. For Dak, yeah, you're looking at 15 to 17 for Amari Cooper. You're looking at, you know, 15 to 17 for Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, we haven't even gotten to Byron Jones. Yet. He's probably 13 to 15. Imagine at some point if he has another year like this one. If he has another year, but but again, he's. I don't want to minimize a shutdown corner, but he doesn't come up with turnovers right so you've got to i mean that to get to that next that elite level of payment too you you've got to to do that yeah so well then then we're not even talking about the possibility of going out and getting earl thomas no yeah exactly so uh supposedly almost like 15 million yeah so on an average or landon collins who i would expect the the it does not sound like the giants will use the franchise tag on him today 
Landon Collins would come a little would come cheaper than Earl Thomas um, is younger, and I, I think Dallas will have some interest in him as well. But um, again, he's not the playmaker that Earl Thomas is. No, and that's what the he's a very good what, player. He's a very good player, and he'd be an upgrade at the position. There's no, no question. question about that. Um, uh, I just feel like that uh, that for everything that they need on that defense uh, in generating more turnovers and just having a, an older guy, a veteran presence, he's a great example. He's a hard worker. You know, he comes back even when he's had these injuries. He knows comes the back. system. Yeah. yeah, knows the system, knows Chris Richard very well. Uh, it just seems like such a natural fit. And, he, and, he, and he wants to play here. So, uh, And it is, but then, then you get into, okay, it's a natural fit, but with all these other financial investments you're making – does it make sense to give a safety who's about to turn thirty years old an average of fifteen million a year with a guarantee of well, no, what no forty five million? No whatever. question. But you know we've heard Jerry say it's Super Bowl or bust, baby. Here we go. Uh, Which again is interesting because he's avoided that. He's assiduously avoided that for a long time because that was one he clung to too long after it was clear the Cowboys weren't competing for Super Bowls anymore. Uh, and then it became he, – he was mocked or derided for it, and so he backed off and started going, I'm going to stop talking about Super Bowl every year. And, uh, and justifiably so. When you haven't gotten past the second round in 23 years, you shouldn't right. be talking a lot about the Super Bowl. All of that being said, he – look, Jerry backed himself into a corner with his comments uh, to Sports Illustrated about the uh, the gold jacket and – and, oh yeah, um, you know. about whether he'd give up uh, the gold jacket if he could yeah. uh, get another Super Bowl. Yeah, and no, and he's been walking that back ever since. And, yeah. and a lot of what he's done this off season, and his emphasis this off season, and not signing uh, Jason Garrett to an extension is, is a part of that as well, because he wants to show the fans that no, I, I do want to win here, and he has to show it in a tangible way from a marketing standpoint. He knows fans aren't excited about Jason Garrett coming back, so the only way he can sell it to fans is to say, "Well, yeah, I'm bringing him back, but I didn't give him an extension." I mean, he's got a he's got a you know earn his job here. We all got to earn our stay. So, when I saw that quote, I, I was really I, I shouldn't be stunned by anything Jerry says anymore. But it, basically, it was that's exactly what he was saying. I'm just no look, I you know I, I didn't I there's no question he wants Jason to come back. Sure, right. But he's not, he's not making a point to Jason about this by not giving him the contract. He's making the point to the fans. Yes. Oh, look, look what I'm doing. See, I'm not giving him this contract. And I'm sure he's, there's, a, there's a wink, wink with, with Jason. Of course, now, I, I do believe if they, go, if they go into this season and they don't progress past the first round of the playoffs, I think Jason's out. No question. Yeah. What about do they have to get to the NFC Championship game? I think so. You know, and we talked about this this past year, too, where if – if Dallas hadn't, if Dallas would have reversed the regular season, if they would have started out fast, and then ended by losing five of eight like they did to start the season, and lost in the second round, I think there's a good chance Jason Garrett would have been gone then. He wasn't because they started three and five. They appeared to play their way out of it, and then they were so good to end the season. They finished the season on a high. So even though they lost in the second round, you had a much different feel about where they were. You know, Jerry always talks about the arrows pointing up or pointing down. Mm-hmm. Well, Jerry felt the arrow was pointing up. And if, uh, if he would have um, let Jason Garrett go after this past season, 
then it wouldn't have it, he would have been he would have seen it as using him as a scapegoat because they didn't accurately um assess what the loss of Jason Witten and Daz Bryant would mean to the offense. Yeah. And they felt from a personnel standpoint they could weather that storm early, and they clearly couldn't until they made the Cooper trade. Yeah. So um, I think uh, Jerry and Steven felt culpable in the start that they had, and that wasn't all at Jason's feet. So um, so when they did address it and the team responded under Garrett, then it was like, well, well no. I mean, they showed that they're still playing hard for him. Uh, he made the adjustments. He got us to where, you know, he – you know, we had no right to make the playoffs at the time the trade was made. Uh, and here we are, you know, in the postseason and we right. advanced to the second round. We're a final eight team. So uh, we can't, it doesn't make sense to make this move now. No. But like I said, if it would have been flipped, if they would have gotten off to a strong start and then faded late and then lost in the second round, I think he would have been gone. So, yeah, he, he's not, um, look, it's going to be going into season nine. Um, the culture's in place. All your players are in place. You've gone through two generations of players, and now you've laid the groundwork going forward. But if you continue to um, decline offensively in the re- league rankings, which they have done over the last four years, if you continue to be unable to get past the second round, no matter where you land in that, I mean, you know, a few years ago, I mean, they're one of the few teams that has that have been a number one seed in the conference twice and not gotten past the second round. Uh, right. just doesn't happen that often. It happens to them. So, um, yeah, they, they've got to show – you can't just say the culture's in place, we're doing everything right, and then keep hitting your head against the ceiling. So, yeah, this is a significant. So they're going into this season with three things they didn't have to start last season, I'm assuming, uh, three. Uh, one, Amari Cooper, who they mm-hmm. didn't start last season with. Two, Jason Witten will be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't start the season with, or they didn't have him at all last year. And uh, I'm assuming Travis Frederick will be ready to play. Yes. Is he? Yeah. You think? Yeah. Okay. He's uh, he's back. His upper body strength, I talked to him about three weeks ago. His upper body strength, he says, is about 95 to 98%. Uh, lower body strength's a little behind that. Doesn't have the explosion yet. Um, but, but he said he's actually... It's to a good point now that he's kind of plateaued, which means now it's just working on the strength and the conditioning and getting back. Right. So based on where he is now, yeah, he, he will be. There's no question that he'll be back. And that's a remarkable story. You know, we know about that Guillain-Barre syndrome and the problems that guys have with that. And, and some people, um, most people recover from it, uh, but they have lingering. Just about all recover, but very fewer Professional, professional athletes. athletes, right. <laughs> and that is a hard thing. And the professional athletes that have had it, hockey players uh, and, and others, uh, struggled after that. So mm-hmm. Because you, obviously you're playing at a very high level and you're asking a lot of your body. And, and most people who have it have lingering issues for, after that. Things such as, well, our, our pal Jerry Fraley, hit one, of, one of his sons had it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it still has a little problem. Uh, having expressions, making expressions with his face, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because of that. So there are lingering issues. And it affects everyone differently. So sure. yeah, you just don't know yeah, that, you, that, until you work your way through this, you don't know what, if any, lingering yeah. effects there will be. And are they the sort of effects that compromise your performance? Absolutely. So if we say, let's let's say, I, I, I'm not, I have a hard time believing he's coming back at 100%. Let's say he's 90%. That's still pretty good. He was... 
at 100%, he was in the argument for the top. I don't think any would, would say he was not among the top three centers in the league. Right. And you can make an argument he was the best center in the league. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the top argument for top three or the best center in the league, and you come back and you're 90 to 93% of what you were, does that still put you in the top 10 at a position where a lot of it is recognizing a defensive scheme and getting everyone in place? Right. And it's not, yeah, maybe you've lost some explosiveness, but if you haven't lost strength and you know leverage, can you compensate for that? So I, I think that based on the position he plays, just like when, when he came in, everyone was making you know, an issue of the fact that, well, God, this guy has had like one of the worst 40 times. Uh, you know, what a bad pick. And it's like my point was always, how often do you see a center fire out and go 40 <laughs> yards? You don't see it. Well, if you want him to run a route or well, something, it'd yeah. be great. That'd be super. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that by his understanding of the position and the fact that they work as a unit in there more so really than any other position on the football field, that you can minimize uh, a, a percentage decline there maybe a little bit more effectively than you can other positions. Yeah. And we got to start wrapping this up, but I do want to point out that by, by having those three guys back, uh, you know, from the start of the season, uh, that gives Dak Prescott some significant weapons that he didn't have last year or yeah, the entire in. year yeah. going into it. And uh, to, to for Amari Cooper to play so well on the fly, it's just kind of remarkable. Uh, it really was. And showed you what uh, kind of value he has and should have going forward. You know, I, I don't keep up with the AFC that much. I hadn't seen him play very much. Uh, and, and I was just blown away by him. I mean, to me, you know, everybody wants to say, well, he's, he's not Antonio Brown. He's not OBJ. He's not uh, Julio Jones. Uh, I, I got to tell you, after watching him play, uh, he's not a high maintenance guy either, like those guys. Well, he's as far not, as a temperament, he's not a, But the things that he brings you to the, to the table, the fact that he's fast, the fact that he runs unbelievable Good routes, size, outstanding he, routes. He's yep. a, is a great runner, a, a powerful runner after the catch. Not mm-hmm. just good running with it because he's fast, but good because one he's, of the best run after catch in the league. He's yeah. dragging guys with him, mm-hmm. and then the hands. The whole problem with the hands that was all much overblown. About it was. The, the drop we didn't passes. see that. We didn't see that. There was, you know, you can tell what that was. Basically, a lot of I'm turning. I'm, I'm turning my head to to go before I'm securing the ball. Mm-hmm. And that's what those were the drop issues. You can tell that when he catches the ball, he's got good hands. Uh, and usually the drop issues were like default too close to the line of scrimmage sort of thing, where it's like, you know, well, I'm going to, I need to look to make something yeah. here, run after you. Get him out in the route, get him out intermediate or deeper, and just yeah. you, you didn't see many issues there. He's no, uh, no he, he, he's an outstanding receiver. And, uh, um, and he's just 24 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I so mean, that that's that's the thing about that giving up that pick. Now I will say this: it'll be interesting to see what what Oakland does with the with the pick. Sure, uh, which is 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 uh, not a great pick. It's no. twenty five, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're not going to get DK Metcalf, uh, mm-hmm. the, the Mississippi State wide receiver who, who who pretty much blew out the combine. He did, but it's interesting. And a lot of the like the three cone drills and yeah. some of the other things where you're looking at lateral quickness and how you would run those. Uh, you know the 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 stop on a dime turn right. pivot, uh, graded out 
lower on those. So the, the flashy right? one, the flashy ones, he was like, he blew everyone away. Well, the speed, but, the, but the ones the with the nuance where they look at the cone and all that, it was like uh, he was one of the you know he he ranked among the worst. Is that right? And the wide receiver, an awfully, so, an awfully yeah. big guy. Uh, oh, he is. Yeah, he's six four. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what they they get out of that. But that uh, now that that picks the twenty fifth pick. Um, not as the value's not as high. Doesn't mean you can't get a good player there. Obviously, you can. Sure. And the Cowboys would love to have that pick uh, back, uh, but not at the cost of giving up Amari Cooper. Cooper, and again, what we'll see is Cooper going forward. Though, when you saw it a little bit this past year, is um, as good as he is, he is something of a feast or famine player. I mean, he will have. He will throw a you know seven catch, hundred eighty nine yard, two touchdown game at you. And then come back in the next two weeks combined, we'll go, we'll have like, you know, four catches yes. for 88 yards over the next two games combined. So it, that's been the pattern of his career. Mm-hmm. But he still always runs good routes. He doesn't pout. And a lot of that is just defenses adjust and he's running his routes and it's opening up some other stuff and offenses are just going to the other things. And he seems very comfortable in that role. He, he does. Uh, and, and, and I was, of course, the point I would make too, he, he hadn't exactly played with the best quarterbacks in the NFL either. No. Uh, Derek Carr and Dak Prescott, I, I, I you know, they're, they're both fine. You know, they're, they're not bottom uh, feeders either. These, no. these are guys who are in the top. But him and Dak clearly seem to have a rapport. They do. And, and uh, if, if you have that rapport that quickly, it's not going to dissipate. Right. And uh, you would expect them to build on that. And, you know, sometimes guys just, for whatever reason, they just have a trust with each other and they're able to do some things that other combinations aren't. And the fact that those two clicked as quickly as they did, especially after years of people trying to explain why Des Bryant and Dak mm-hmm. Prescott did not have a rapport, uh, to see it click as quickly as it did with those two is is certainly something the Cowboys want to keep in place. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, uh, that's going to do it for our Cowboys podcast. We appreciate you uh, listening in and uh, and watching, actually. Get, watching David drink water and, mm-hmm. and me sit here and go, uh-huh, absolutely. Uh, Some people, it's water. Sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there you go. So for everybody in here, to everybody out there, thanks, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.